1: premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, of course you do. Then head over to Patreon.com slash retro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. <laughs> it is Halloween Horror Month here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins.
0: And my name is Derek Diamond.
3: Ah, it's my favorite time of year. It is officially my favorite time of the year. It is Tuesday night. It is October 1st. I love it. I love every second of this month.
0: Uh, the timing couldn't have been any
3: better. Absolutely. It, it really
0: couldn't. The only regret is that it still feels like July outside.
3: Yeah, that sucks. It's probably going to be that way for another month and a half at least. But, you know, at least Halloween is here to get our minds off of it.
0: That's true. I've been ready for this time of year for a while. It's one of my favorites because normally it's not too hot, not too cold. You know, I just love the fall time of year. there's I have much more free time. The weather's better. It's just a better time of year.
3: (laughs) The weather's not better. It's still blazing hot. Well, it should be better, but this year it's not. Yeah, global warming doesn't exist at all. I was about to
0: say climate change isn't real.
3: It's only October and it's still like, you know, 104 degrees outside. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's so Sunday I was out. Uh, downtown and i made the mistake of wearing jeans because i went to a show at our local theater and even walking from the parking lot to the front door like my legs were just pouring sweat yeah it was disgusting
3: Mm-hmm. so i love living here yeah. right so what um anything cool happen this week for you
0: Um, nothing too out of the ordinary. I've been doing a couple of freelance jobs in addition to, you know, normal work. So extra money has been nice that and starting to plan my next film project and just trucking along with doing this show and, and doing the Derek diamond experience. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's, it's been pretty much an uneventful week for the most part.
3: Same here. Not too much going on. I've just been working a lot and, uh, Working on my comedy bits and uh, doing stand-up. I'll be in uh, Mobile on October the... Let me look it up real quick. I can't remember which day it was. It was Monday, October 21st. I will be at the OK Bicycle Shop Comedy Night in Mobile, Alabama. Starting at 7 o'clock, I believe. So if you're in the Mobile area, come out and watch watch me do some stand-up. And that'll be fun.
0: I will do my best to make
3: it out there. But, uh, but I don't know about you, but I'm I'm itching to get to the news, so we can get to our review for tonight. So, how how about it? You ready to go into news? Let's do it. <laughs> First story is from Engadget.com. Atari Ataris VCS will offer thousands of retro games through a subscription. Uh, the Atari VCS is still months off, uh, but it should at least have a healthy selection of retro games when it does arrive. Atari has forged a deal that would offer an optimized and expanded version of AntStream's arcade game subscription service exclusively on the VCS when it launches. You'll have access to Atari's full library of 300 plus games, plus thousands more titles from other vintage platforms. You could be playing a Nintendo 64 or Neo Geo game if Asteroids is no longer scratching your itch. The service also includes a global leaderboard and social challenges, and it'll support both the classic joystick and modern controller, and if you like to play on other platforms, the upgraded collection will be available elsewhere if you have a VCS account. Um, It will cost you, your 30-day trial uh, will be free, but it will cost you either $10 per month or $96 per year to access the catalog. I mean, this sounds interesting, but I have no interest in the Atari VCS. I don't know about you. I've heard too many bad horror stories about this thing so far.
0: It's fitting that you've heard horror stories in the month of October. Yeah,
3: I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would love to, to have one of these, but it's just... I don't know this whole thing has seemed shady since day one.
0: I think the idea of having an Atari like Atari Mini is much better than actually having it. Yeah because you know, the, the arcade the Atari was before my time. I really don't have any interest in in playing it because I have plenty of other things to occupy me. You know I haven't gotten yeah. the Genesis Mini yet but eventually I will. I have the Switch it just doesn't really appeal to me.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had an Atari 2600 when I was a kid. It was me and my brother's very first console that we got in uh, Christmas of 1983. My parents got it for us. And I'll tell you the honest-to-God truth, Atari's not that great. <laughs> those games are not that great. I mean, the the arcade versions of most of those games are good. I mean, there are a handful of games that are really good on the Atari like uh, Pitfall was always fun, you know. Asteroids, uh, River Raids, a really good game. Um, Missile Command's probably my favorite game for the Atari. But I still have my Atari. I've got like, maybe probably seventy games over there, and I haven't touched them in a decade. So honestly, it doesn't do anything for me. And then. I don't know what the VCS is going to cost. I think it's roughly about 200-something bucks for this thing. To play Atari games, no thanks.
0: As they say here in the South, ain't no way.
3: Nope, no way.
0: Ain't no way. Our next story comes to us from happygamer.com. Retro gaming preservationists discover a rare Nintendo 64 prototype controller revealing an iconic gaming accessory. This is actually a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. Retro gaming preservationist Shane Bate found an early controller prototype for the Nintendo console. A first rendition of the N64, the gaming accessory had a weird shape and might have introduced the analog joysticks to the gaming market. He posted a long thread about his discovery on Twitter, chronicling his observations It had some variants from the retail version, one being the joystick with paddings and appears thicker than the marketed model. Also, the colors of the C, A, and B buttons are not the same as the release versions. So it has a link to his uh, Twitter post on the article. It's basically, it reminds me of a black and white version of the N64 controller. And then the A and B buttons are a shade of gray same thing with the C buttons. The the joystick is the most interesting part because it yeah. looks bigger, it looks thicker, but the design itself is essentially the same.
3: Yeah. I actually so as, think I would probably prefer that fatter um the you know joystick part, like the thumbstick. It actually looks a little more it's more beefy durable. and it looks a little more durable.
0: Well, cuz that was a problem back in the day mm-hmm. with the N64 joysticks is that they were so small and so frail yeah. that you could wear those things out really quickly and then you just have to go get a new controller. Well, it looks so like I think it's made. I out would of, prefer, but...
3: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it looks like it's made out of more kind of soft rubber like you would see on like uh, the modern controllers, you know, thumbsticks. Uh, like it would have a little mm-hmm. more grip because that was always kind of one of my problems with the Nintendo 64 stick was it kind of had hard plastic. So you it, you would kind of slip on it. This actually has a divot for your thumb. And it, uh, you know, like I said, it looks like a little bit more soft rubber or plastic that it's made out of. Like you would have a little bit better grip on it with your thumb.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with that. Essentially, I think the drawback to it is that it's still virtually the same design and I know we've both been fairly critical of the Nintendo 64 controller. Yeah. <laughs> so and I hate that, that because that part I hadn't changed.
3: I love that console, but man, that controller is just it doesn't hold it doesn't hold up well over the years. If, and I
0: say if Nintendo does an N64 Classic, I think they got to change up the controller design. They well, not won't. Only,
3: not only that, but, I think, but they I, should. I think if they start putting Nintendo 64, I would much rather them put N64 games onto the Switch like they do Super Nintendo and Nintendo games for Switch Online and um, do a little updating on them so you can use dual analog sticks with those old games. That I would like to see.
0: In a perfect world, they'd also tweak the graphics a bit.
1: Yeah.
3: Put a little, sh- little, little, uh, little fresh coat of covering. Paint. Yeah. Fresh coat of paint. That'd be nice. Because I Who <laughs> knows? like we've talked about before, I think people think they want a Nintendo 64 classic, but I think once they get a good look at those graphics on a high definition television, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're going to not yeah, want it anymore.
0: Yeah, because even going back and playing, I'll even throw Ocarina of Time in there. The graphics are not great; they don't hold up very well. The worst, though, is from my experience, was Golden Yeah, love that game, but yikes!
3: It's kind of like dating an ex. It's all good, you know, in hindsight, but you know, you should never go back. <laughs> don't ever go back. It's, it's
0: well, and you quickly realize, <laughs> hey, there's, there's a reason why we weren't together. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, For our last story tonight, this is on um, ReadRetro.com Sega Arcade Classics House of the Dead 1 and 2 coming to Nintendo Switch. It seems the Nintendo Switch is picking up a couple more Sega Arcade Classic titles. House of the Dead 1 and 2 are getting the remake treatment by Forever Entertainment, a Polish game developer. You may be familiar with this company already as they are working on remaking Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon's Way. These undead are not all slow, shambling messes. Um, Let's see, these undead... uh, Let's see, there's a slight sidestep of the classic horror trope, which is often portrayed as slow and plotting. Sure, these are the types of enemies here, just as they're not all that common. House of the Dead 1 and 2 features a decent bit of variety between the zombies. With your firepower, you can further customize them by removing limbs, parts of their heads, etc. I'm sure everybody's played House of the Dead at least once. Um, But I'm just... um, Wondering how uh, exactly are they going to do it because these games were light gun games, so like they were on rails light gun games. So exactly how are they going to do that for the controllers?
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I mean, I I like that they're using these old properties and bringing them back to relevance.
3: Yeah, me too. Especially, does does it have a release date? was uh, so I was looking for, and I don't see it here. I don't think there is a release date yet.
0: I mean, now would be the perfect time to do it because it's October.
3: Let's see. Let me click this link here and see, just to see if they have a release date here. Uh, this is taking me to nintendolife.com, which we get a lot of news from. Let's see. Um uh, it says uh, games are due for release next year, so no exact oh, okay. date yet, but it'll be next year. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't I say like anything that, about the uh, light gun either, so I'm not sure. I mean, it'd be interesting. I'd love to to play these games again. They were always fun to play in the um in the arcade. I think, if I'm not mistaken, weren't these on the Dreamcast too?
0: I'm not 100% sure. Let me look that up real quick. House of the Dead Dreamcast.
3: I'm pretty sure it was the Dreamcast. Looks like they were. Yeah. Because I can still see the box art in my brain. House of the Dead
0: 2 was definitely on it. I'm getting several links for that, so...
3: Yeah, uh, it says here, it was released in 96. Uh, the Saturn. Yeah, it was on the Saturn. Yep. Uh, Microsoft Windows. Oh, they have a mobile phone port, too.
0: No oh, mobile.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it uh, came out on the Saturn. Uh, let's see, March 31st of 98.
0: Should have put... Oh well, No, we're not in March, so I couldn't have put that in gaming history. I'll have to remember that for March.
3: be a good Halloween Horror Month game to do. Yeah. Definitely. But that's it for the news. Let's go ahead and <clears throat> move into this month in video game history. In October of 1983, Gakken launches the Compact Division TV Boy in Japan. It's the last second-generation console released. It was expensive and obsolete at launch, being discontinued shortly after. Never heard of this in my life.
0: It's so obsolete, there's not a photo of it. Yeah,
3: I know. <laughs> I've never even heard of Gakken either. Oh,
0: get this, there were only six games released for it. Wow. Excite Invaders, Mr. Bomb, Robotin' Wars, Super Cobra, Frogger, and Urban War, Year 200X. Hmm.
3: Interesting.
0: It was released months after Nintendo Famicom <coughs> and Sega SG-1000.
3: Oh, yeah. I don't think anything called the uh, Compact Vision TV Boy is going to uh, compete with the Famicom or the Sega
0: Yeah, their vision was pretty small. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a really bad joke. Uh, Moving on, October of 1985, Atari Games releases Gauntlet. Based on the lesser-known Atari 8-bit game Dandy, Gauntlet is highly profitable, letting players insert additional quarters for more health.
3: I played a lot of Gauntlet back in the day. I played it a lot on Nintendo, even though the Nintendo port is not that great. It was still a fun game to play because you could play with four players.
0: Yeah, I remember us talking about this last year. I, the putting additional quarters into the machine for additional health—that mm-hmm. detail really stands out to me. Oh yeah,
3: good way to uh, the, be a quarter hog.
0: Yeah, it reminds me because I, I always think of the old Ninja Turtles arcade game because I'm looking at the the arcade cabinet and I see it divided into four different sections, mm-hmm. and each has like its own color and everything. That that reminds me so much of the Ninja Turtles
3: game I used to play. Oh, yeah. Well, it was cool because it was um, one kind of one of the very first dungeon crawler games, and you had your different um, sort of a, a very early kind of RPG-style party um, character bases. Like, you have your warrior, a wizard, a Valkyrie, and an elf. Um, and you see, you had your warrior who was, uh, you know, melee, your wizard, who was your, you know, uh, sort of, um, God, I can't, words are hard, (laughs) but you had your wizard who was of course, you know, like, um, distance attacks. And then you had your Valkyrie who was, um, not sure exactly what she did, but then you had your elf, which was, uh, you know, your, your ranged attack. So uh, maybe yeah. the Valkyrie was sort of, maybe she was sort of like a warrior, maybe a melee, because you had two ranged attack and two melee. So it was a fun game to play. I always played the elf when I played. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I can always, I can still hear this game too. It was one of the loudest games mm-hmm. in the arcade when you walked in. You would hear, Valkyrie needs food badly. Warrior needs oh, food.
0: It looks cool too.
3: It is cool. I, I would love to have that actual uh, stand up console for it. That would be awesome. I don't know why um, Arcade 1UP hasn't done one yet. Who knows? Maybe they'll do it at some point. Maybe. Also in October of 1985, the 18th to be exact, Nintendo releases Duck Hunt for the Famicom. That damn dog.
0: Still, I think, one of the most brilliant characters in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> Of the course. The reveal for him was just fantastic.
3: Uh, a dog still gives me anxiety to this day. <laughs> I think that's why most of our generation has anxiety is because of that dog.
0: Yeah, I will still say Duck Hunt. You know, that's one of those iconic Nintendo games, just because it was included with Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah. When you think of Nintendo, like one of the first three to five games that I think of is Duck Hunt. Yeah, and it was honestly one of. I remember, you know, playing the old NES at my aunt's house. The three games that I played were Zelda, Mario, and Duck Hunt.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That was the, and the I would trifecta. get so
0: frustrated at
3: Duck Hunt. That was always the trifecta for anyone that owned a Nintendo. You had to have Super Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt, and Legend of Zelda. Everybody had that.
0: Absolutely, no Duck Hunt was a lot of fun. You know, it's simple but really addictive. Let's see, October 3rd of 1989, Maxis releases Will Wright's Sim City, the first of the Sim games, in a revolutionary real time software toy.
3: I always liked Sim City. <clears throat> I love all the Sim games, honestly. I'll play any kind of Sim game any day of the week.
0: Still to this day, the only one that I've played is Sim City for the Super Nintendo, which you know, I reviewed uh, several months mm-hmm. back. And I know it's a huge
3: phenomenon still. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been dozens of Sim games. And uh, I feel like there's
0: been one for every console, almost. Oh,
3: yeah. And then it says 2 million units uh, copies were sold for the Super Super Nintendo alone for SimCity. And um, somebody actually not too long ago actually found the the ROM for the SimCity that was originally going to be released for the Nintendo... Uh, NES, but they never released it. And someone mm-hmm. found the ROM not too long ago, and I think they actually uh, preserved... they dumped it and preserved it, so that's cool.
0: That's awesome. No, SimCity is... it's one of those things that it's a very chill game for the most oh, part, yeah. but it's <clears throat> addictively fun.
3: Yeah, I'll play anything. That's why I love playing, like, even to this day. I, I just got... um. Uh, Civilization is at 6 for the Nintendo Switch. And man, that game is fun. I love any kind of simulation games. Uh, let's see. October of 1992. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Uh, Gremlin Graphics releases Zool, a character-based platformer following in the footsteps of Mario and Sonic. It goes on to become the best-selling Amiga game. I remember us talking about this last year. Mm-hmm. Zool. Zoo. Yeah, I remember us talking about this. It actually looks pretty cool. I would love to play this game.
0: No, same. I mean, this was, you know, a day and age where everyone was trying to create that mascot character mm-hmm. to follow, you know, because, I mean, obviously, Mario had been around for several years. Sonic was just starting to really become relevant because I think, yeah, you know, this was 92. Sonic came out in 91 so many people tried to recreate that mascot from you know, Crash Bandicoot to Spyro, yeah, even Zool.
3: I mean this character and I've talked about my cool.
0: love for the Crash Bandicoot games, but <laughs> to me, there are only two legitimate video game mascots, and that are Mario and Sonic,
3: yep. I will agree with you there.
0: Uh, October of 1994, Killer Instinct is released. The first arcade machine with an internal hard disk. Not a lot of people know Killer Instinct was actually an arcade game before it was released for the Super Nintendo.
3: Oh, I remember. I remember uh, our local arcade, Aladdin's Castle. They would have Killer Instinct tournaments on the weekend. And uh, me and my buddy, who worked at the mall, I would go with him on Saturdays to go try out in the Killer Instinct tournaments. And immediately get our asses kicked, like uh, uh, and eliminated first because we weren't, you know, six-year-old Asian kids who <laughs> could whip everybody's <laughs> ass at Killer Instinct. Uh,
0: that reminds me of years ago, me and a few friends went to Atlanta for a Pokemon tournament, and we all of us there were I think four of us. We were all eliminated in the first round. Yeah. And then we just enjoyed the rest of our trip.
3: Is there any game you could play that you think you would at least last past the first round? I can't think of any game I would be that good at that I would be able to like last at least a couple of rounds in a tournament.
0: Um, Possibly Mario Kart. It would depend on the version, though. Yeah. And then if I got to pick whoever I wanted in Smash Brothers, I could be very opportunistic. Like, I could use (laughs) Sonic and just stay away from everyone and just kind of pick my shots when I need to. But in all likelihood, probably not. But if I were to pick two games, it would be those two.
3: I would say I could probably hold my own in Dr. Mario for a bit, maybe in a tournament setting. Um anything else? I'm not sure. I'm not that great at games. Like I love video games, but I'm not good at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: that's a trade secret that we shouldn't have released.
3: Yeah. I've never been good at games. I mean, even when I was a kid, like I had, you know, two dozen NES games, and I probably only beat like four of them as a kid. Like I didn't start actually finishing these games and beating them until I was an adult. So maybe I am getting better. I don't know. Maybe I'm better as an adult than I was as a kid.
0: Yeah, for me, I know I never beat the original Zelda until it was re-released for the Game Boy. But like Mario, like most Super Nintendo games I played, I would eventually beat. It would take me a while, but I would eventually beat. Hell, I'm still
3: trying to beat Ninja Gaiden to this day. (laughs) One day it'll happen. It will i can Hopefully get that to the happens final just boss. in time for oh go ahead i said i can get to the final boss and that's where it just falls apart
0: the perfect timing is if you were able to beat it right before we did our 200th
3: episode oh, dude wouldn't that be awesome i got what like <laughs> a year <laughs> give me a yeah year. you got a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll this see this is 150 i'll work on it over the holidays
0: yeah, but uh, real quick back to Killer Instinct. It's actually a super underrated fighting game. I remember loving it when it came out, and it's obviously a rare game, so I'm gonna have a little bit of bias to it. But you know the the new one they did for I think the 360, that one not so much. But the original Super Nintendo and arcade version was great.
3: I wouldn't mind having a copy of this for Nintendo. I wouldn't mind. Uh, didn't they have like a black cartridge for it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I have one. That that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's a game that I'll probably review by the end of
3: the year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you should do that. It's, no, it's super fun. Uh, October 25th of 1995, Funtech releases the Super A-Can console in Taiwan. Uh, what is this? Oh, that's a neat little console.
0: Yeah. Looks like a mini Super Nintendo.
3: Says, uh, inside is a Motorola 68000, also used in the Sega Genesis and Neo Geo. 12 games have been confirmed to exist for the system. It kind of looks like a cross between like a Nintendo 64 and a Super Nintendo,
0: a little bit, yeah. Be interesting to let's see, did it ever come out in the U.S.?
3: Holy crap, the original introductory price was $2,900. What? That's what it says here, unless that's a typo.
0: In the New Taiwan dollar.
3: Oh, that's what I meant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that relates to in... In In U.S. dollars? Yeah. They don't have a converter here or anything.
2: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Taiwan dollar to U.S. dollar. All right, how much was that? Uh 2,900. 2,900. That comes out to $93.38. Oh, uh, okay. I think, I think.
3: <laughs> and that was That's, in That sounds much better. So, yeah, that was probably like $300 in today's money.
0: Yeah. That's I interesting, think. though. Like, it, it, Did this come out for the
3: U.S.? Uh, no, it just says to, uh, Taiwan.
0: Oh, exclusively in Taiwan. I would say like that, that would be, if I could get my hands on one of those, that would be
3: it looks a really interesting cool. thing to review. I would love to have one of those just because it looks so cool. Yeah. I even like their logo. Like it's very yeah. um it's very bright and animated. Yeah. You can definitely tell they're Nintendo fans. Whoever made this. Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> but to close us out on this month in video game history, in October of nineteen ninety seven, the original Grand Theft Auto is released for Windows. Who hasn't played a Grand Theft Auto game?
3: Did you ever play the original?
0: Not the original,
3: yeah, it's a lot different than the current game types. It was a <laughs> kind of a top down uh, like like almost like God mode looking over the city, and you're like this little dude running around like stealing cars and stuff. It was pretty cool, yeah, I'm looking but, at it right now, yeah, it was pretty primitive compared to today's Grand Theft auto games. I still
0: remember when Vice City came out. Like That was the game to have around that time. Because it took place in the 80s, so the soundtrack was absolutely amazing.
3: I never played Vice City, but I was really into uh, San Andreas. That was was a cool game.
0: Yeah, San Andreas was good too. I haven't played Grand Theft Auto V. I haven't either. But I played... Which ones have I played? I've played Vice City... And I think Grand Theft Auto Four and San Andreas.
3: Yeah, San Andreas was good.
0: Yeah. Grand Theft Auto games are fun. That they're the games that like you do stuff that you know, like you would in no way get away with in real life. So it's like you get to live that out yeah. through through a very violent video
3: game. Run over hookers and <laughs>
0: Hey, you said it, not me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek is going to give some shout outs.
0: Yeah, so as always, we'd like to give a shout out to our Patreons, who without them, the show would not be possible. Special thanks to AxeBlade07, Daniel Salmon, and Justin Olson. And if you want to become a patron, You can go to Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro.
3: Absolutely. And tonight we're going to be talking about... Castlevania Bloodlines, a platform game developed and published by Konami for the Sega Genesis. Released worldwide in March 1994, it was the only Castlevania video game to be released on the Genesis. Game storyline concerns a legendary vampire named Elizabeth Bartley, who was Dracula's niece, suddenly appearing in the 20th century, the early 20th century plotting a sacrificial war in order to bring her uncle back to life. She orchestr- orchestrates the beginning of World War I. Quincy Morris' son John and his best friend Eric LeCard vow to take up the fight against evil. Together, they manage to prevent Dracula's full resurrection. Um, so I started playing this on the Sega Genesis Mini that I picked up a few weeks ago, uh, the night it came out. And this is the one game other than Sonic... Spinball that I have been playing the most these two games and uh I'm going to honestly say right now this game plus Sonic Spinball and the all three Sonic games are worth the $80 price tag for the Sega Genesis mini um especially it's pretty high this praise. game Oh yeah like just everybody knows my love for Castlevania games I've never played this game so I didn't know what to expect um as soon as I started playing it, I mean, in the first just from the title screen alone, it was like it felt like putting on an old like like an old comfortable pair of like, you know, lounge pants. <laughs> it was like, ah, I know this world. It feels so comfortable and right. And um I'll be honest, I'm still trying to get used to the genesis controller i'll be honest i would much rather play on a super nintendo controller but that's just because that's what i'm used to you know like through the years that's what i've played but i did just see a little while ago that um, you can actually get on amazon there is a usb six button sega controller that you can get I, i i forgot the price of it but it'll actually work with the uh, the Sega Genesis Mini. So if you're interested in getting a six-button controller, you can do that. Uh, get the USB controller, and it will work with the Sega Genesis Mini. I think I might actually try that, because I just need more buttons. It feels like there's not enough buttons on it. Did you ever find that to be true with the, Ge- with the Genesis?
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that.
3: Like, I don't know, I just... it's with the Super Nintendo controllers, you've got the buttons that are just kind of go along with your thumb and they're in the perfect placement, you know, to like jump and do things. And with the Genesis, they're all like, not necessarily, they're kind of curved. So you don't kind of get that good, you know, thumb slide between the buttons, if you know what I mean.
0: Well, the Genesis always had an awkward controller, in my opinion. Like you had the... I start with the Super Nintendo controller because it's comparing to the same eras, but the SNES controller just felt almost natural yeah. in your hand. Like it, You didn't really have to find the buttons. yeah. With the Genesis, I always felt like I had to look down to say, oh, this is the button I need to press. But yeah. with Super Nintendo, it's like I know where everything is.
3: I mean, the, the the shape of the controller itself actually is very comfortable. It's just I don't like the button placement. And maybe that's just me. I mean, it's probably people that were used to playing the genesis i you know we've talked about it on the show before i did not own a genesis i didn't play one very much so it's just i'm just not used to it but the shape of the controller is good i just i'm not big on the the button controller placement no i i definitely feel your pain on that but um, a little bit of the plot of the game. It's 18, In 1897, the long war between humanity and Dracula came to an end. As Dracula was laid to rest by Quincy Morris, a dense, distant descendant of the Belmont family. Peace was restored to Europe until the outbreak of the First World War, which transformed the continent into a dark world filled with massacre and violence. At the beginning of the war in June 1914 at Sarajevo, the Crown Prince of Austria was assassinated. It was said that a strange, beautiful woman was involved within the shadows. The woman was Elizabeth Bartley, who, in order to revive her uncle Count Dracula, had conducted an unholy ceremony, which caused the war, giving her possession of human souls in Europe. Um, the game itself takes place in 1917. Uh, you have two characters that you can play. You can play John um, John Morris, who uh, you can pl- who is pretty much your typical uh, Simon Belmont type character with the whip. Which is how I've been playing, uh, because I don't know. There's just something about playing Castlevania, and I, I want to use a whip. <laughs> it's just that you know that it's, it's the thing. It's natural. Natural, but there's also the other character, Eric Lacard, who um, he uses a like a a staff or like a pole arm, and actually it works pretty well. But I still prefer to play John Morris. Um, but Eric Lacard is cool because with John Morris, you can um, use the whip to uh, a lot like in the Super uh, Super Castlevania IV, where you can use the whip to kind of swing over chasms and things like that. Um, but with Eric lacard and his pole arm, you can actually do like pole vault type stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, both characters have their, uh, you know... it it just depends on your play style whatever you really kind of prefer um, but that actually gives the game a little bit more playability because if you know, you finish the game as John Morris, you'll want to go back through and play it as Eric lacard and that's the cool thing about these Castlevania games, especially this one Like, man, it's hard it's Castlevania hard but it's not hard to where it's frustrating, it's more like trying to memorize the patterns and that is what I love most about games like this is if you learn the patterns then you can just blaze through the the, the levels um, because you don't have any kind of like uh, weird spawning enemies everybody's always in the same spot every time um, you know, it's, it's in your boss fights are all about learning the patterns. So the bosses aren't necessarily that hard. It's just learning the patterns. Um, and each level has, you know, your mini boss in the middle of the level, and then you have your final boss and then you get the red orb. Of course, at the end of the level, you have all your power ups, you have the, the ax that, that you can throw. You have your boomerangs, um, your holy water. And um, with this game, it's a little different. Instead of collecting hearts to um, kind of fill up your special weapon meter, uh, you collect, uh, not diamonds, but uh, like gems, gemstones, which isn't really that much of a difference. Uh, It's pretty much the same thing. One of the coolest things about this game, and what I said about immediately being brought back into the world of Castlevania, is the very first level of this game takes place in Dracula's castle from Castlevania 1 on NES and the the level design is the same, the enemies are pretty much in the same placement. It's like introducing yourself back into this world, especially at a time when you've had Castlevania 1, 2 and 3 on the NES and then you have this game that came out in 94. So, you know, almost, you know, 7-8 years later after the first castlevania came, game came out and then you're you're back in dracula's castle and it's like it's the same you know layout so it's like it's it's going back to the beginning and i just i found that really cool yeah that's awesome and i wish uh,
0: other games would do that
3: yeah and, and that's what you know really instantly brought me back into this world again was just how awesome that was to just be back in that castle like you know hundreds of years later after Castlevania 1 and um I don't know it's just I, I just I love the Castlevania world so much and I hope that there is a Castlevania season 3 coming out this month um on Netflix because this is really getting me in the mood to to want Castlevania more episodes of Castlevania on Netflix um but like I said there's uh, there's six levels to the game uh, and once you get past the first level, it, it takes a turn from where the first game was. You know, the second level uh, is more of a vertically scrolling level with rising water that you have to kind of stay above. Uh, and the third level, you're going um, to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and then the fourth level, you're and and it's cool because you're not just in castle in, you know the Castlevania area. You're like you're going all over Europe through the game. And um like you're going to Italy and you're going to Germany and all these different places and fighting these different enemies. And I if you love the Castlevania series, this is uh, like I said, this just this game alone is worth the 80 bucks that I paid for the Sega Genesis. Because I like I said, I'd never played this. And to be back in the world of Castlevania with this game. And this game really does show what the Genesis was capable of as far as music, graphics. Um, You know, the controls are really tight. I didn't really have... I don't really have any problems controlling the character or jumping or anything like that. Um It's not quite as... I'm going to say that you know I think Super Castlevania 4 is a little bit of a better game like it's it's different it's not you're not going to get the same kind of experience like I'm not I don't really want to compare the two games but as far as the 16-bit Castlevania games go I think Super Castlevania probably looks a little better um you know a little bit more detailed but this game like there's just that that Castlevania aesthetic to it. It's dark. It's um, you really feel like you're alone fighting these monsters, especially with the music and all that stuff. And it's the perfect game to play for Halloween Horror Month. Like I love this game so much.
0: Yeah, I watched a little bit of gameplay before we started, and it, it looks like it plays really well. Oh yeah, you just from from watching what little bit I did. It seems like the game plays really smooth. I thought the music was really good. Graphics look great. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, whenever I do pick up the, the Genesis Mini, this will be one of the first games that I play for it. Because oh, was... the only Castlevania game I've actually played, I've played a little bit of the first one. Yeah. And then I played Super Castlevania Four, But this one, it, it looks... I won't say it looks different, but it looks, like you said, it plays tighter than the other ones that you're from either watching gameplay or what little I've played. Mm. It looks like this might be one that I would enjoy the most.
3: I think you would. And I was reading here, we talked about the Castlevania anniversary collection that was released last May. Um, Yeah. And I never picked it up and i wanted to when I, and I actually looked at it on the switch store, but never picked it up at the time. Uh, but it was released for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, and Nintendo Switch, and this game was included on the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. So, if you don't have, uh, if you're not going to pick up the the Genesis Mini, and you want to play this game, you can play it right now for any one of those systems. If you have a Switch, it's on there. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So. I highly recommend if you've never played any Castlevania games, that would be the thing to get is the Anniversary Collection.
0: Oh, for sure. No, I I would get it for the Switch myself, but like I said, you know, I plan on getting the the Genesis Mini at some point, probably uh, within the next couple of weeks.
3: Awesome! But I'm
0: really excited to play this though. I mean, it, it, from what you've said and then from what gameplay I watched today, it, it looks like a must
3: get. Oh yeah, it's. It's one of the shining gems on the the Genesis Mini. Like this game is, <laughs> I had no idea how good this game was or how good it was going to be. I mean, from the moment I fired it up, I knew I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is worth the purchase right here. Um, talking about the music, the music of Bloodlines was composed by Michiru Yamane or Yamine, is that how you pronounce that? Um, who later garnered acclaim for her score on Castlevania Symphony of the Night and subsequent handheld Castlevania adventures. Though she once admitted to have worked under extreme pressure and deadlines, this soundtrack met the standards of the previous entries and is highly regarded on its own for its gloomy atmosphere. Um, The music for the second level, titled The Sinking Old Sanctuary, was reused in later Castlevania games, Circle of the Moon, and for the Game Boy Advance, and Legacy of Darkness for the Nintendo 64. Interesting. Yeah, uh, and like I said, it was hard for me to kind of pick out which music I wanted to play, because a lot of the music in this game has gotten stuck in my head. For the last, well, you know, even the opening theme was really good. Yeah, and that and that harkens back to the original Castlevania theme. Like that was the original Castlevania theme, just you know, pumped up for for the the Genesis version. So that was the one I went with. But every single track for this game is great. Like it's, I would if I had a CD of this, I would listen to it all the time. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that says a lot about the music from back then, because when I think of newer games now, there's really no iconic music that stands out. But when you go back to Castlevania, Mario, Sonic, Mega Man, there are so many songs that are iconic and it's stuck in your head. And it sounds like, you know, from what little I heard of the music, that this is no different.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. GamesRadar named Castlevania Bloodlines the 8th best Genesis game of all time. Uh, Let's see. Game Informer's Tim Turi praised the level of gore relative to other Castlevania titles at the time. He also called it one of the most overlooked treasures in the franchise. And I will say that's probably true. I mean, I don't really know why Um, Konami decided to and this isn't the only game they've done this for. They put out different versions of games for um, between the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Like the Super Nintendo had, of course, uh, Super Castlevania 4. Um, Genesis had Bloodlines. And then you had, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Contra. And it, what was it? It was Hardcore. Yeah, Hardcore, which is on the Genesis Mini. <clears throat> for for the Genesis, and then you had Contra 3, was it Alien Wars for the yep. Super Nintendo? Um, they did that a lot for their games, and I don't really understand why. And, I mean, it it's cool, because now we have two different 16-bit versions of these games to play, which, you know, doesn't hurt my feelings any. <laughs> I have two no, different 16-bit all. versions of Castlevania games to play. The man, I'm... I cannot praise this game enough for how much fun I've been having playing it, and um, I'm gonna. It's one of those games I'm just gonna. I have no nostalgia for it, but I have nostalgia for it. If that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: You have nostalgia for the franchise, not the specific title.
3: And never having played it, it's like it's so fresh and new, and just interesting. And I'm having such a good time playing it. If I have to give it a, a a a Number grade, dude, it's getting a solid 10 out of 10. Really? Wow. That's the only solid 10 I've ever given. (laughs) That's just, it's just a solid game. There's not anything really bad to say about it. There are no cheap deaths. If you die in the game, it's because you screwed up. You know, you you, like, you're, if you don't know the patterns, like once you learn the patterns, you, you get through the game pretty easy. And if you make a mistake, that's when you die. Is when you make stupid mistakes. So there's not much, like, not anything bad I can really say about it.
0: Praise doesn't get much higher than that, ladies and gentlemen.
3: No, it doesn't. Like I said, this is worth the getting the Genesis Mini. And if you if you're not gonna get if you're not gonna get the Mini and you you have a Switch or or a PlayStation Four, go pick up the the. Um, Castlevania, um, what is it called again? The Castlevania the Anniversary Collection. Yeah, Anniversary Collection. And you'll get, I think it's one. Uh, let me see. What was on that collection? I know it's, you definitely get the first one. I think you get two, three. This game. I know it was like four or five different Castlevania games you can get for it. But um, let's see.
0: I'm actually pulling it up now. Okay. You get Castlevania 1. 2 3 Super Castlevania 4 Castlevania the Adventure Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge Bloodlines Kid Dracula never released in English huh. and then History of Castlevania Book of the Crescent Moon
3: That's fantastic. How much is does it That's say how much collection. it is? Uh like 20 30 bucks or something. 20 bucks? Ah, that's not bad at all. That's a steal. Yeah, that is holy crap. <laughs> if you're not jumping on that right now, there's something wrong with you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Heck it's almost worth it even with the Genesis Mini.
3: Yeah. Because uh, well, it's yeah. got all those other games with it. And honestly, other than I'm not a fan of the Genesis version of Tetris. Other than that. I've yet to play a bad game on it. I've played most of the games on it so far, especially all the Sonic games. Um there's a couple of uh, RPGs I haven't um tried out yet on, that are on there. Um but I'm still going through each game. It's hard to when I want to play this game so much and Sonic Spinball. <laughs> Cuz those two games have been have taken up most of my time in the last few weeks. Spinball oh, Spinball's great. It's so good. Once you learn how to control Sonic and get all the little power-ups and everything, dude, it is so fun. I think, Actually, I think I might do a review of that next month. We should do a dual review of it. Since you're the big Sonic guy, we should do a dual review of it after you get your, your Genesis Mini. No, I'd love to. But yeah, that's my review for Castlevania Bloodlines. Perfect game. Absolutely perfect game to play. For the month of October, uh, pretty much any time of the year is good for Castlevania. I give it a solid ten. It is damn near a perfect video game, especially if you're into side scrollers. Uh, you, you can't get much, you know, better than Castlevania Bloodlines. It's so good.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't expecting a perfect ten. I thought you would give it probably a solid nine. I can't remember how many tens we've given out on this show. I don't
3: think we've ever well maybe one or two.
0: I don't even think I gave Ocarina of Time a ten.
3: Yeah, I don't even know if I gave Star Tropics a ten.
0: I don't know. We should have been keeping track of like what yeah. score we give each game.
3: <laughs> but like I said, there's not I there's nothing I'm bad I can say about this game. At all.
0: That's fantastic. I mean there's
3: there's no I can't wait to play it. There there, you know, there's no controller problems. There's no glitches or, you know, weird stupid things that, you know, don't belong in the game. It's just it's a great side scrolling shooter. Or not shooter, but just side scrolling platformer that I think everybody should play, especially if you're into horror games or, you know, that kind of aesthetic, that Castlevania aesthetic.
0: Yeah, for sure. I will say as a as a closing, uh, I guess it's on topic, but not on topic. Uh, we mentioned Castlevania season three on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no like actual premiere date for really?
3: it. I wonder if they're holding it off until next year.
0: Maybe so. It, it says here didn't... that season three is confirmed.
3: Yeah, I was going to say it's been. It was confirmed as soon as season two came out. Let's see oh darn means I'm gonna have to go and rewatch the first two seasons again.
0: It says some reports also noted that Castlevania season Three would be out in fall of two thousand nineteen hmm. since the animated series is prepping for a Halloween release and that it confirmed the upcoming season would consist of ten episodes.
3: well, I mean Netflix has been pretty notorious lately for just dropping things without saying anything, so yeah maybe they'll be dropping it at the end of the month. wouldn't surprise me to just get on Netflix and all of a sudden there's Castlevania.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at other stuff now and there's no actual concrete release date.
3: Hmm. So who knows? Maybe (laughs)
0: we'll look at the end of the month and we'll see season three.
3: I uh I tweeted the other day that Derek seemed to have a, a bit of an aversion to something I should have talked about what my what I did this week like <clears throat> I've never watched friends ever never had oh, a desire geez. to even back in the day when it was new it just wasn't my thing or it didn't seem like my thing it seemed like a TV show of preppy people doing preppy things <laughs> and I had no desire to ever really watch it. So up until this last weekend, I have never, ever seen an episode of Friends. I could not tell you what that show was about. I didn't get the memes. I didn't get any of the the, the jokes people would put on like social media. I just didn't get it, didn't care. But I was home all day on Saturday. I was cleaning my apartment. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to... Have some good background noise. And I, I listened to this podcast called uh, Current Geek, and they do um, these episodes they call auto, Autopilot, where they'll watch a pilot for a TV show and talk about it and whether or not it was kind of consistent with the rest of the series. Like, you know, they did Cheers and they do like old stuff, like the original Battlestar Galactica and things like that. A couple of weeks ago, they did Friends and. I don't know, it just kinda got in my head and I was like, you know what? I've never seen friends, so I'm just gonna try out the first episode. Next thing you know, I'm like five episodes deep and I'm laughing at stupid jokes, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> it got me. You've been converted. I've been converted, they got me. I think I have a new show to watch now.
0: Now I will say in your defense, I've like you, I've never seen a single episode of it, I was doing it strictly to troll. Oh, I know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I, I just, it never, it just never crossed my radar, you know? And like, I just Same. got to the point, I was like, you know what? I've never seen it. I might as well just give it a try just to see what it's about. And, um, and I kind of like it. So, you know, I liked how I met your mother. And it's kind of got a "How I Met Your Mother" vibe to it. Plus, it kind of—it's weird. It kind of brings me back to the '90s. You know, it's that show is dripping with '90s like pop culture and just the look of it and the jokes and the fashion. So I'm just like, yeah, I remember this time. (laughs) So it took me right back to like the mid '90s. So I'm I'm having a good time watching. I watch an episode here and there. Um, when I have like folding laundry or you know don't have anything else better to watch, so it's not. I don't think it's anything I'm gonna binge, but it'll be something to watch. You know, like when I just need something to watch and I don't know what I want to watch.
0: It's interesting because a lot of those shows that were popular back then, I missed out on. Like I never watched Seinfeld until it came out on DVD for the first time. Really, and I remember watching the first couple of episodes and i thought this is the most boring thing i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> oh they did but after
3: I well i was gonna you mentioned seinfeld they did an episode on seinfeld too and it's weird like i actually went back and watched the pilot episode of seinfeld uh, about a year or so ago and it's weird how yeah. different that pilot is from the like the rest of the the show
0: No, you're absolutely right. But once I got through... Because the first season's only, I think, like five or eight episodes long. Yeah. It may be a little bit more than that, but I know it's definitely not over ten.
3: Yeah, well, I think it was like a mid-season replacement or something like that.
0: Yeah, but after that, like, I love that show. It was fantastic. And I know, like, people swear by friends. Like, people will call that the greatest show that's ever been created.
3: I know. (laughs) I mean, I... I think I mean I'm not, like I said, I'm not too deep into it. I'm only like six episodes into the first season. It's okay. I mean, maybe it gets better, but you know i'm I'm not gonna make that judgment call just yet.
0: that would be I just had an idea for a hmm. show we could do top five favorite all time t v shows I'm down for that. that would be tough to do, actually ah. Uh... Like, I would do it strictly, keep it strictly as live action.
3: Well, there's a lot of shows that I like that are not necessarily my favorite shows, but they're more guilty pleasures type of watches. Like, I love Married with Children. (laughs) Like, that show is so stupid, but there is something about that show that makes me laugh every time I watch it. Like, I love that. I love M.A.S.H. Like, M.A.S.H. is such a good show. Like, those early seasons with uh, Trapper John and uh, Henry Blake, man, those first couple of seasons were just magic.
0: So many good shows. Yeah, we need to do that I mean,
3: episode. Let's get Wally and, 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 uh, and Joey back on for that one, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fantastic because it's – I don't know, it's it's tough to narrow it down to just five specifics because I like a bunch of shows for different reasons. Yeah. Like, to me, my background noise show is Cheers because I've seen every episode several times. Like I've watched that entire series through at least three or four times. So now it's just become background noise
3: for yeah. me. I actually just started watching that a few weeks ago, too, because, of course, they did a Cheers episode for... That podcast, uh, Current Geek, and um, yeah. Cheers just didn't capture me as much as Friends kind of did. Like, don't get me wrong, I like it, but it's so, it is so eighties. <laughs>
0: like, oh yeah, <laughs>
3: a lot yeah. of the jokes I just kind of didn't get because they're you know jokes of the time, and and you know, it's, I don't know, it's like, maybe I need to give it give it a little more time to kind of get into it. But I I can say right now, my favorite show of all time is Scrubs. I have watched... Oh, Scrubs is a good one. I have watched that show all the way through, um, except for that final season, that very last season where they came back and it was all shitty. I don't count that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one was really bad. I think it's like nine seasons that they did with the regular cast. And man, I have watched that entire series all the way through at least five times. Eagle. <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> Sorry, girls. Uh, Computer's
0: broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the janitor was easily my favorite character of that entire show. Well, him and Doc oh, yeah. Cox. <laughs> I like they the were Todd. Both <laughs> yeah, the Todd. I don't oh, know. Yeah. For me, it's, to me, it flip-flops between cheers and whose line is it anyway? Oh, if you, if you count who's line. whose line. Oh yeah, that show yeah. was so freaking great. Yeah, it's not a traditional like sitcom or drama type show, but man, I have laughed so hard and I have shed tears of laughter from <laughs> whose line is it anyway?
3: Yeah, did you ever watch the original one from uh, the English episodes? Oh yeah. back in the '90s. Man, I used to watch that on Comedy Central all the time. Mm-hmm. God, that show was so good. Even the newer ones, yep. like with the Drew Carey. Uh, was hosting it man those are good
0: yeah that was the incarnation that i was introduced to then i went back and watched the the british version yeah it's it's still on the air aisha tyler took drew carey's spot it's still funny but to me like she doesn't have that same dynamic with that cast that drew carey
3: did man that was a good show oh man we could sit and talk for like this for hours so we should probably go ahead and wrap this up um, I'll and, also
0: throw in House and Breaking Bad as really good shows. Too. Oh
3: yeah, House was so good. You know what? All right, b- before we go, <laughs> I've been watching this show <laughs> called The Good Doctor. Have you watched that yet? Uh, I've heard of it. If you're into medical dramas like House, I think if you liked House, you'll like The Good Doctor. Okay. So give that a try. It's only like I think it's in its third season now. It just started its third season. But I really like that show. Like I like a good. You know cheesy medical drama, yeah, you know, no, even there though, are so many good shows, even though I was an e m t and I can point out like every single mistake they do on the show it's still it was it's still fun to watch, <laughs> yeah, but um, anything else you want to talk about before we leave tonight?
0: Yeah, just as always, be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. You can just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Podcast. I'll actually be appearing at a convention this weekend in Dothan, Alabama called Fanaticon. Uh, it's going to be October 4th through the 6th. And some of the names that will be there are Wrestling Hall of Fame broadcaster Jim Ross, mm-hmm. George Lowe, who is the voice of Space Ghost, and quite a few more guests. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll be there, you know, conducting interviews, probably do some Facebook Live stuff. Uh, so I'll release all that content that I do. Um, it depends on how much I get. I might do just one full episode that has all the content from that convention. Or if the interviews are long enough to sustain as entire episodes, then I'll release multiple ones. So awesome. We shall see. It's going to be a fun weekend, though.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I keep forgetting to tell everybody about uh, my band, Falls from Grace, just released an EP <clears throat> entitled Thelma on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, Amazon, wherever you can download music, you can go check it out. Um, We actually have our first record on there, uh, Pleasure and Pain. And then we have Thelma, which we just released a few weeks ago. And we call it Thelma because that was the name of our touring van. And uh, we (laughs) wanted to give her uh, a good um, you know, (laughs) wanted to honor her by naming the EP after her. And And we used her as the album cover too. So if you go to Spotify, just look up Falls from Grace, and the new EP is called Thelma, and also, if you want to follow us, it's at FFGBand on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, we will be playing a show in November at the Biloxi Civic Center uh, November 16th, so if you're in the Biloxi area, please come out and see the show, uh, go listen to us on Spotify, leave us a review wherever you listen to the music, so thank you for doing that, everybody, and I think that's awesome, I'll fit. go ch-
0: I'll go check that out after
3: we're done awesome and uh, I think that's it so I'm going to go ahead and play our music if you would like to email us we are you can reach us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com we are at nerdcaveretro.com we're on Instagram and Twitter at Retro and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Of course, we're on Patreon at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Go throw us a couple of bucks a month and get us back up to that $50 level so we can give you those extra episodes every month. And of course, if you can't do that... Leave us a review wherever you listen to the show and find podcasts are sold, especially on Spotify. Go listen to us on Spotify and leave us a review. So thank you, everyone. And Derek, please, tell everyone what it's all about.
0: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes.